Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we cover the final week of playoffs, a new Overwatch comic, and the new MVP. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 32 of this season of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are late again a day because Zoom decided to eat the audio again. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fires, but considering that's like the only new factor in our lives really right now, I'm guessing that our internet issues or the internet issues on my end and Zoom have something to do with the fires. Anyway, how, how are you doing, Kevin? What's new in your life? I had, I just thought of like spaghetti for some time. I don't know. I just had spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm doing good. Uh, still playing a lot of Pokemon. I'm actually drawing up some new emotes for my channel. Uh, something that I've been working on kind of like on the side. I've been brainstorming some that I've wanted to draw out for a while. And now I'm finally, you know, working on it. Uh, how about you? How How's your week and everything else going on? Uh, I really like everything's a blur at this point. I've been like just doing work for the festival, doing work on podcasts. Uh, fun, fun thing that happened. Um, so for the podcast, the other podcast I edit, the founding, Finding Founders one, uh, for the past two weeks, we've had people who've been in the military and they both talk about their military service. And like both of the sequences that I've had to edit have pretty much been the same, like explosions and whatnot. And so the, the editing sounds very similar, but it's just it got to the point where I was listening to so much military stuff and like looking at so many videos on YouTube for like sound effects that have to do with like military and war zones that I had a nightmare that I got drafted into the Navy. Um, I, I don't know why it was Navy, but it was specifically drafted into the Navy. Um, and I was supposed to be at like Camp Pendleton in San Diego by like 10 a.m. on a certain day. I woke up at 10 a.m. on that day and it takes two hours at least to drive from where I am to Camp Pendleton. So um, as, a, as a punishment for being late, like all of my water for the entire time of boot camp was going to be spiked. And then like, it was a news story that I was late. So like people on the local news were talking about how I, I was showing up for boot camp or whatever, but it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible nightmare. Um, I, I think I'm internalizing a lot of this, this podcast stuff a little bit too much quarantine is finally getting to me kevin it, it's making me go insane yeah a lot of isolation will do that to you and i i don't even know how that would work i mean we've all heard of the tetris effect before where like if you play too much tetris you dream of falling blocks and like putting things into like slots that way um so i guess that also works i mean i've had dreams recently of like building a good pokemon team and just like sitting around riding my bike in a circle trying to hatch an egg like it's been oh like God. that for the past couple of days and i'm like i i just want to get my team and call it a day you know yeah yeah dreams are so weird like okay this is gonna sound kind kind of sad on my end but whatever so you know that that phrase like the girl of your dreams or like you dream about somebody you know has yeah. that ever actually yeah, yeah, happened yeah. to you like like a girl in your dreams that like exists in real life yes yes okay because like um 
I, that's happened to me again. The only problem with that is, is like, I thought I'd gotten over this girl already. Like I've completely smitten by this girl in college. Uh, I thought I got over her cause she moved and she got married. Um, I had dreams about her before, but now they're coming back. And it's like, what, what is happening? I've already gotten over this person. Like it's, I know it's not going to happen. Stop dreaming about this person. So my subconscious is like literally trying to drive me insane. I, I don't know how to stop this. I'm like, I, I would rather go back to like not dreaming if this is what my dreams are going to be about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a 50-50. It's always a toss-up when it comes to dreams and stuff like that. So um, I'm glad that I have my sleep schedules like totally, completely like destroyed. I literally woke up at like 1.30 today. It's, <laughs> it's how bad it is. What's the worst dream you've ever had? Like I have, I have, I have a, a worst dream that I can like vividly remember is my worst dream ever. I I don't know if I have one that's like the worst. Um. Yeah, I I just think that all of mine are either just like, oh man, this sucks, and I'm just like, okay, well, just gotta deal with it. Or, I mean, I hate the ones where like you're naked all the time. Oh like, God! Just, like yes, those you, ones. Like you just show up in some place butt naked and you're just like, well, all right, my everything's exposed. I'm just walking around, I guess. Like, I have ones where I'm in my underwear, which is kind of weird because like I, I took the effort to put on underwear, but nothing else. Yeah. Like you, you put on enough effort to not to like care enough, but like you're still completely exposed. Yeah. I think, have I told you about my fallout dream? No. Okay, so this is my worst dream ever. So back in 2017, I believe, was when Fallout 4 came out. But um, I was super excited for the game. Um, and I was wa- the night before it came out, I was watching uh, gameplay footage, like that 15 minutes of gameplay footage of Fallout 4. Uh, it starts when you're like in the house and your character customization, and it ends like right when you're going into the vault when the bomb drops. Um, so I watched that. I was super stoked. Literally right before bed, that was the last thing I did. I went to sleep. And then in my dream, it was like, we were, I was in LA, uh, the West Coast was being completely nuked, like no one on the West Coast was going to survive, except there was like, um, like a heliport with like military helicopters that you had to get to if you wanted to survive. I managed to get there, but I was on the last helicopter right before the bombs dropped, and the engines wouldn't start. Like the engines were completely dead, like would, no way to fix them in time. So it's just like that dread of like, I almost made it out, but I'm still going to die. And it was just the most terrifying thing ever. I woke up convinced that like, we were going to be nuked. (laughs) Thank God that one was a dream. Thank God that one was dream. Like video games are just, I've never had like a video game dream before that, but that one just sticks out into my mind is like, this was a video game, but it caused me to have such like, a, a, a reaction to it all right so let's let's get into the the more real things not no more dream speak um so uh so let's start with some league stuff um so is actually back doing league things which i did not expect i was fully prepared to not have any more Soe for the the rest of the season which was sad but uh i don't know if they announced it on twitter or anything because i've just not been on twitter very recently but she showed up during one of the, the casts and I was pleasantly surprised. I, was, I wasn't sure that she'd be able to get uh, all of her equipment and even like 
any good sell or not seller data reception out into the mountains of Switzerland. Um, but she did. Um, so she's still back on the desk. Uh, they're still using Frankie for some desk chat and for some uh, post-game interviews. Uh, the interesting thing that I saw about that dynamic is besides like now finally balancing out the desk between two men and two women, um, Frankie seemed to be doing Zoe's job in that she, she seemed to be leading the conversation. Um, I'm not sure why that is being me. It's just because Frankie's been doing that job for this tournament or, or what, but it was refreshing to see Zoe come back. And I wonder what like if this is going to be potentially the dynamic going into the next season where they're, they're possibly going to keep Frankie. Yeah, I can definitely see them keeping Frankie and I understand. Um, I guess what Frankie's filling in for is the host position. And this is just personal, like, um, personal broadcast stuff that, that I know of when you are the host, um, your entire job is to just ask the questions to make everybody else look good. Um, you don't necessarily right. have to like give super amounts of insight into the game um, or have like every answer all the time. So I think the reason why would they put Frankie in that slot is because it's easier for her to just like give out the questions, uh, toss to break, uh, make sure that the pace of it is all good because she does have that broadcast background. Um, I just don't know about her depth of game knowledge of Overwatch. Mm -hmm. So I can see if that is a, like the reason why they're putting her there. Um, I know that when I was on the broadcast for Open Division, it was, it's really funny when you're a desk analyst. Um, essentially, you write out things that you want to talk about and you tell it to the host and the host will just turn it into a question and then just ask you when it's your time. So I'm like, man, I really want to talk about that, that outplay of the Dragon Blade and the Transcendence. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll like ask you about that. He's like, okay. So when they go back into the actual like break half, and he's like, oh yeah, so Kanashi, when you were talking about map two, um, you know, at two minutes in, they were going in for a great execution. Could you really break that down for me? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> there we go. So like, it's really like, they prep the question so well mm -hmm. that whatever I say sounds good. So, so it, it's more structured than spontaneous, but it yes. looks like it's spontaneous. Yes. Um, especially for desk analysts and host positions. It's a lot more, um, it's a lot more structured than you would really think. There is going to be a little bit of banter. If somebody asks like a, like a random question of like, you know, Oh, who you think is going to take it? That's probably going to be spontaneous. But when they're asking about individual plays or individual players, you know, that the, um, the desk and the analysts have been talking about it way before. Mm -hmm. Like in the back of my head, I kind of assumed that was what was going on in the breaks and like in between when they're actually on. But like now we, now I have confirmation that it is like a set structured thing where they do have like the story beats they want to hit within that like 20 minute break period. Yeah. And it's just, it just makes it easier, especially since it's halftime. And then like usually at the end of the game, like, you just take notes during specific parts of the fight and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, this was just a really good play here mm -hmm. or this play really worked out for them. So you just keep track of like 
what each team used in the last fight and like what was the one ability that really tipped the scale in that yeah. entire engagement going going back to Zoe, i i really wonder what it was like for the um uh, the production team deciding whether or not to like take the risk of Zoe being able to broadcast because i mean you have to send her all, all of her equipment, you have to send her like the camera, the backdrops, like everything, all the way to the remote mountains of Switzerland. Um, and then like, there's no guarantee that they'll actually get there. They could get lost. They could be delayed. Um, they could get there and she might not have good enough internet. Uh, there's so much risk involved in doing that. So I, I wonder what the discussion was like to to go ahead and take that risk as opposed to just um, considering her out for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, all the effort that they had to put in to get Zoe back on this desk. Um, it was probably a lot, but but I think that, you know, the Overwatch League probably has a lot of that already set up and ready to go. Um, it's just a matter of getting it out to getting it out to Zoe and then testing it. And if if it didn't work anyways, I think that they would just send it back and just be like, oh, okay, well, she'll be coming back um, whenever she's ready. And we'll, I mean, they already have a solid enough crew, but it's just a matter of them being able to really clean it up there. Yeah. I think if anything, the biggest benefit of having her back was just the familiarity, um, just to show some sort of stability in a season that's been uh, absolutely not stable. Yeah, it's very true. Like considering, you know, all the COVID stuff, um, player roster shuffles and then obviously the change of format from the home stands to all online i feel like it is it's always good to have something that is consistent and if it's oe on the desk then yeah we're, we're doing really well moving on to more league news uh we finally got our mvp announced some of you probably already know who it is but for those of you who don't know um the nominees this year were alarm from the philly fusion carpe from the philly fusion Choi Hyobin from the Shock, Violet from the Shock, Krong from the Charge, Eileen from the Charge, Fleta from the Dragons, Void from the Dragons, Exy from the Eternal, and Yaki for the Lord of Mayhem. Um, if, if you listen to that list, like it's very clear where the, the powerhouses of the league are. Um, all those teams had at least two people with the, the exception of uh, Paris and the Florida Mayhem. Um, looking at that list, I really liked... Uh, Violet, uh, Exy, and Yaki for it. Um, although uh, I did, I did see some some merit for Fleta, uh, also for Krong. But who who is your maybe top three for for that for the MVP? Yeah, there there was a lot of really good candidates. Um, I really look at the tank line a lot. So honestly, like Choi and Krong did really really well this season. And I really respect their play um, going into it. Um, I would also say that um, I, I thought Yaki for sure because of his run with the Florida Mayhem in order to take, I think it was, it was either the spring showdown or uh, it was one of the cups, but like they did really, really well in that part. And same thing with Exy, like just being fresh off the pickup with, with Sparkle and really just making an impact for Paris. Yeah, I think I definitely really liked both of uh, Yaki and Eggsy. I think mainly uh, 
for, for putting their teams on the map during the metas when they were really dominant. Uh, Paris Eternal was one of those teams that no one really expected to go as far as they did, but they've consistently, I guess, been number three in the North American region. And Florida Mayhem went from being kind of universally considered a bottom tier team to being an actual contender this season. Um, I do like Choi and Krong just because as a Sigma player, like I, I know how hard it is to get those timings and to be hyper aware of everything and their consistency with uh, their shielding, their their grasp and the rock, plus just the timing in on the bounce of the uh, the hyperspheres anyway. Um, it, it's hard to nail all that and to do it at the level that they do. So um, I definitely think all of these were good nominations. Uh, I don't know what the exact breakdown and statistics of the voting is because the league hasn't released that. But out of the 50,000 people who voted for these 10 nominees, uh, Fleta, who is the DPS for the Shanghai Dragons, got the vote. Um, he he won it for, according to the casters, for being such a, a dominant damage dealer, someone who's able to learn uh, no, any single hero that he wanted to, able to take the changing meta in stride and never really, um, never really suffer for for the changing power in between which heroes are considered meta and not. Um, the way that they announced to Fleta that he got it was, I think, really cool because they, they framed it as they just wanted to do another interview with him before they finally announced it for another promo video. So it was Custa and Fleta talking. Um, I like Fleta's perspective on that. He, while he is really honored to be nominated because MVP is probably the biggest honor that you can get in the league, it's, it's everyone saying that out of everybody who plays this game, you are the top. Um, his perspective is, is I'm not trying to win MVP. I'm trying to be the best for my team. And if I am the best for my team, then just by that alone, it should show that I'm worthy of being MVP. And of course he did win that. He won the giant hunky trophy that looks like Reinhardt's head, but isn't Reinhardt's head along with a hundred thousand us dollars. So that's 6.75 for $1. So that's like 675,000 Chinese yuans. I don't know how much that'll get you in in Shanghai. Um, but that's a that's a considerable amount of money. Yeah, it's a good stack, honestly. Um, especially for our kind of space for competitive esports. Like getting a you know, getting a hundred thousand dollar bonus is really nice. It's not as much as some other sports figures get for for their wins or for their accolades, but like, it, it's still like, for a young person like Fleta, like that's still a good chunk of money that he could use to invest in something. Um, I don't know actually if if Fleta lives in Korea or China most of the time, um, but in in Korean one, it's one thousand one hundred seventy three point ten to every dollar, so. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do math right now, but that's a lot of that's a lot of Korean won. Yeah, it's it's just really nice to know that the league is not just giving out the trophy, but actually like giving a little bit out as well. Um I have a little bit of a hot take on this for MVP. Um we've had two separate leagues for the entire season, essentially. There there hasn't been a lot of overlap. So I feel like it would have been okay, at least for this time around, if we had one 
MVP for the APAC region and one for the for the mainland or NA region. Um, because for the most part, like you can't really compare um, a lot of the APAC teams to the to the NA teams just because of the way how they line up. Um, and there's no like what you know one definitive MVP because nobody really played against each other, right? Like the whole dynamic in between the two regions is so distinct. Like, uh, and they had thirteen teams. The APAC region only had seven. Um, the way that they played the metas are different. The team dynamics are different. The the mixed rosters um, are are more heavily concentrated in the NA region than they are in the uh, APAC region. So. I can definitely see that at least for this year, that could have been a possibility. Um, who would you have picked for an NA region MVP? Uh, NA region MVP would probably be Violet. I think Violet has done so much on his on his support line for the most part. Like not only being able to keep his team alive and have like one of the most crazy outputs of healing in general, but also to be able to do a ton of damage or be a third DPS as Baptiste, it's just creating so much space for his team. And you wouldn't really take that, especially from the role of the support player. Yeah. I really like that idea of giving it to a support player just because so often they're overshadowed by the DPS. I probably would have given it to, uh, to Eggsy just because of, like I said, he, he really helped propel the Paris Eternal team from relative sideline obscurity to a major team in the NA region. Like, like I said, they're, I would think they're the number three ranked team in NA, although some people tend to differ on where Paris should be. But yeah, congratulations to Fleta. Uh, hopefully this is, this is more sign to come that uh, people will stop counting out the, the older players as being washed up. Like so many p- people said of meta, uh, Fleta is meta again. And um I hope to see some of the other stars who have been here from the beginning kind of reclaim their glory in, in the next season to come. Yeah, I think that that is a really good idea. Um, just to really spread it out, too. I would have also been okay if Choi won. Uh, Choi like, has done quite a bit on his off-tank. It's an unsung role. It's one of those things where... Yeah. Like you don't see the impact of it unless if it's like a really, really big play, but there is like a really good reason why he's up here. Um, that also would have like rounded out the whole, uh, would have been DPS support uh, for the last two, last two seasons. It was um, Jonak first, then Sinatra. We had a tank that would have been, you know, yeah, complete nice the trifecta. Out. But it, it's all good. Um, Flutter really deserves it. He, is literally flexible enough to put Shanghai on his back and really, really get down to the gritty when he needs to. Um, yeah, I, I feel like for for a tank and a healer, the only time you really notice them is when they're not doing their job. We talked about this yesterday when we recorded it the first time, but just to get it on here again, uh, for Fleta's MVP skin, what do you think? What are you thinking? Um. I mean, we were talking about we were talking about his flexibility as a DPS player, um, just being able to shift to the meta and whatever he needs to do. So, I honestly, I would be okay if, you know, they let him have the Echo skin, um, like a dragon esque 
Echo skin just to literally like flex to whatever DPS or whatever character you want in that moment, you really do have the option to. Yeah, definitely. It, it makes the most sense according to uh, the reasoning behind his, his MVP win. That ability to, to take on whatever role, whatever hero he needs is definitely embodied best by Echo. So um, we'll see if our prediction's correct. So one last league-based news story. Um, very short, but just kind of a, a, a what the heck are you thinking kind of thing. Um, if you watch the league at all this weekend, um, they tease that on Instagram, they have an AR game, all uh, augmented reality, called Race to the Future, starring Sideshow, the Sideshow, on a hoverboard. And you kind of, you use your face to control, like, his ability to dodge obstacles like an egg which is representing his newly bald head and the uh, the, the chocolate sparkle face he made for his paris eternal cake um on, on one hand congrats to sideshow for becoming a video game character but also who decided this would be a good idea what prompted this when did they decide this where were they when they decided this and why did they decide this? I have no idea. I they're just like, oh, well, we need, we need to do something, you know. Uh, we have to add a little bit of uh, spice to our original content. You guys have phones, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, nah. no. It's just they, they, they messed up once, so they have to do it again. <laughs> um, no, Blizzard, we don't have phones. Nah, yeah, we, we don't have the cellular devices. What do you think is behind their, uh, them investing so many resources behind Sideshow? Um, like, they, they did the Spice Adams thing with him. They did the uh, explain how to play Overwatch videos with him. Now they have a game behind him. And I mean, I'm like, Sideshow's fine at explaining things. I wouldn't say he's the most entertaining personality that we have in the Overwatch League. I definitely think there are people who I would much rather watch for the entertainment aspect. So what what do you think it is behind making Sideshow kind of, I guess, front and center, like right behind Zoe at this point? I really don't know what the call is. I felt like Bren and Sideshow, like together, was like a package deal. Yeah. And like, them two together were amazing. Like, those guys could... You oh, can yeah. listen to them talk for, like, days, almost years, if you wanted to. Like, Bren's um, a goofball, and he he sometimes gets things wrong. But, like, he balances Sideshow being bland. And Sideshow being bland is 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 kind of countered by uh, Bren's energy. But Sideshow gets the things factually correct. Yes. So, I I wish that they... If they doubled down, I wish they doubled down on the duo. Um, yeah, yeah. Rather than having it just be sideshow, because like, I understand like if I, I don't know what's going on here with like them and Brent. I mean, Brent and sideshow still cast together, but like they're not giving them the the one two. I feel like like them together just works better as a marketing mm-hmm. thing than just one of them. Than uh, you know, egg egghead. <laughs> I mean, Sideshow's good about laughing at the jokes people make about him, but he's not really the best at, at making the jokes. He he needs that energy that Bren gives. So um, definitely agree with you on all fronts there. Uh, 
so I guess la- I guess this is technically a uh, a league story because you need league tokens to do it. But the All Star skins for this year have been released. Um, they are tanks this year. First year it was uh, DPS. Second year it was healers. Now it's tanks. Um, and they're going again with the whole dichotomy idea that they have from the beginning with these All Star skins. Um, it's Gaia Ryan and Celestial Diva. They're going off of the Heaven and Earth. Um, dichotomy there as well as an eastern western dichotomy Gaia Ryan is obviously the earth one he's based on uh, European culture especially like the Norse mythology of uh, in the developer video that they shared on the Overwatch League channel they were talking about taking it specifically from Norse mythology and the northern stuff like of the world tree so I really would much rather they would have named this skin Yggdrasil after the world tree of Viking and Norse mythology rather than Gaia, because Gaia is a female goddess, and Ryan is a very buff, burly uh, German man. I think that this skin is definitely the better of the two. Um, The Celestial Diva skin, uh, it took me a while to really understand what they were going for here, Celestial obviously being, like, the heavens. Um, And fun fact, when they said, like, the heavens, they they mean, like, in ancient... uh, science and astronomy a heaven was like a sphere so they thought like the planets traveled in spheres around the earth like glass spheres so each one of those spheres was called a heaven so that's why like seventh heaven is the seventh sphere of those fun fact um but anyway so like diva was based on like a lot of eastern mythology um it took me a while to really get what they were going but the more i looked at it, it's like okay so she's kind of like a cloud then um I'm definitely getting both of these skins, but again, I think the Reinhardt one looks like they devoted so many more resources to that one and then kind of did the Diva one as an afterthought. Uh, if you look at the baby Diva part of the Celestial skin, um, the chest plate's kind of weird. Uh, it, it just brings more attention to her boobs and the fact that she has a boob window, kind of like Power Girl, if you know who she is from DC Comics. I don't think we really needed the boob window. Um, someone on the dev team please explain your reasoning behind that i mean we already got the tracer booty nerfed uh, so i'm surprised that this was allowed to sneak in yeah we we don't need the diva chest buff it wasn't it wasn't on the go-to things to to happen here i mean y'all nerfed the uh, the widowmaker booty growing buff yeah um but honestly i i do like these skins i like them a lot i'm glad that they Decided to rotate it over to the tanks. Um, you know, we had the DPS for the first the first one. We had the supports for the second. So, uh, yeah, at least the tanks get some love here. Um, especially after all the nerfs that have been hitting us anyways. So, yeah, it, it's rather interesting to see um, what they did with it. I do like the the whole idea of opposite sides. You know, we had the, the sun and moon. We had uh, the lava and the water, and now we have uh, the earth and the sky. So I, I do like them all for the most part. I do agree that Divas is not as great as Ryan's. Ryan's is just like it's really flushed out and done really well. Um, the Diva one just seems like it could have been fluffier. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, if you are going to go with that or. I understand that like they don't want to like overlap with Mercy's like lunar one, but like if it was more cosmic in a way, mm-hmm. that would be really cool. Definitely. But 
um, we are going with like you know clouds and puffy stuff. So um, yeah, it was cool to see. Uh, I, I don't mind. I'm definitely gonna get both of them. Um, it's just a matter of when I'm gonna use it. Yeah. Um, so these skins are going to be dropping on the 29th of September until October 12th. Each of them is going to cost 200 League tokens. So if you haven't been collecting them, you can always buy some. But uh, I, I know for a lot of us who are fans of the League, we should have enough to get both of them by now. I know I definitely do. Um, the All-Stars Asia game will be taking place on September 26th. And the All-Star North America game is going to be place, taking place on October 3rd. So that'll be before the league returns for the finals. Um, and yeah, uh, we also are getting another skin. Uh, this is going to be happening right before the, uh, I guess we already have it technically, but right before the 29th when this goes live, it's from yesterday, which was uh, September 15th until the 28th of September. So a two-week span to get nine wins and get the comic book Tracer skin. Uh, this skin was released yesterday to coincide with the tracer london calling comic that they just released which i i was looking at comments yesterday and this is the first time in two years that we've gotten a comic or i guess really any uh, yeah any sort of visual lore from overwatch they've released the stories but that's not really visual um so th again like usual you have two weeks to get nine wins three wins is going to get you a uh, a spray three more wins is going to get you a player icon and the final three wins is going to get you the Tracer skin. Um, it, I, in my opinion, not the best skin. Uh, it's just off-colored Tracer with panels of the comic just kind of pasted every which where on her body. Um, this is supposed to be the first of five events that we're going to be getting to coincide with five comics, according to the articles which I have read. So I guess once every two weeks, we're going to get a new skin. Um, the comic itself is being released in, quarter, in conjunction with Dark Horse Comics, which is, I would say, I, it, it, the, one of the top four comic book publishers out there, DC, Marvel being the top. I think third place is Valiant, and I would say Dark Horse is fourth. Dark Horse, of course, being mostly known for Hellboy and some other like horror stuff like Umbrella Academy, uh, sci-fi. Um, and those are going to be getting a physical release eventually. Uh, I'm probably going to be picking it up, picking them up just to add to my collection. And there are some panels in the digital version that like are two page spreads, so they don't look as good unless you actually like see them side by side. Uh, the comic itself is basically it's recounting. It's centered around the events of King's Row because it's London and Tracer. Um, the first episode or comic is leading up to. Uh, the assassination of Mandata. It shows Tracer in London, and there's, of course, strife between the humans and the Omnics. The Omnics are, are kind of relegated to uh, an underworld. They call it the underworld. It's kind of like the slums and sewers of King's Row. And you kind of see how the dynamic is between Omnics and humans, that some humans hate Omnics, some Omnics hate humans, some are okay being together. Um, and that we learn that Tracer is a big fan of the, I guess, the punk rock scene that first emerged in London. And I think the most important thing that we learned is that she knows how to use chopsticks. Yes. Uh, we, we learned a bit from this whole comic in general. Um, and I 
think it's just really cool to see what Tracer's up to outside of Overwatch. Uh, we knew about, you know, every everybody else and what they're going through, but um, this is going to be focusing more on the what happened after Overwatch collapse, um, but before Winston, you know, calls the emergency meeting button. Um, so there's definitely a lot that we can dissect. I don't know if this is going to be 100% all Tracer. Um, I mean, it is their poster child. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but um, it would be cool to see, you know, what other what other characters are up to during this time as well. For me, this, again, feels more like they're just, they're doing whatever they can to keep us happy and quiet between now and Overwatch 2. It it's very conspicuously feels like they're they're slowly pacing out some filler just to keep us occupied. Um, so this week is a trace, or these two weeks, these first two weeks are a tracer skin. Do you do you think that it's going to be all tracer skins, which I would hate, or are they going to try to like? Do you think they're going to like vary it up between characters? Because as it stands, the series looks like it's going to be very much tracer centric. Yeah, I hope that we we get other skins that aren't just you know the the tracer tracer only skins. She does have the most skins out of everybody in the game, so we kind of need some variety. Um, I mean, Zenyatta skin would be really nice as we've uh, as they've kind of hinted towards near the end of their the newest comic. But yeah, I, I just hope that they they change up the variants of the skins. Um, I understand, you know, once again, Tracer is their poster child, but like she has enough skins already. Just share the love, get it, get it to some other characters as well. In the end, it's like it's free content, hooray! Uh, I do think they could have tried a little bit harder with the Tracer skin. That's not a complaint. I would have liked to see. I think we already have enough lore on Tracer already. We already know what really happens in King's Row, and I don't feel like knowing the exact fallout after Mandata is assassinated is going to really add much. Um, we still have got nothing from Zen. So I, I would really like to see them explore that more instead of Tracer in the future, instead of exploring characters we know a lot about. Um, so again, this feels kind of lazy, but not really complaining about it. Just kind of yeah. minorly griping. Is like there's a lot of other characters that need to be flushed out, and we're just completely ignoring them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are doing that, and as well as you know, getting your nine wins. If you guys watch uh, anybody who who streams Overwatch on Twitch, um, they are giving out the sprays that go inside of Tracer's uh, box. I think that you win at six wins or something like that. Uh, the spray, so. On Twitch, if you watch somebody for two, two, four, and six hours, you you get the tier prizes one, two, and three. So, um, I think t today is technically Wednesday. Um, I do play a little bit of Overwatch here and there with my friends. We're going to try to get our try to get our wins, but at the same time, like uh, if you want to hear me like break down college games, that's what I do on occasion. So everyone go check out go check out Kevin's stream. Give him some love and support and get some sprays in, in the meantime. Um, 
the last story that I have is that we do have a new patch for the game. Uh, technically new, two patches came out. Uh, the first one came out on the 10th of September. That was just moving over the shotgun rework from uh, experimental to uh, the, the live game, the retail patch, uh, which like we predicted. Um, so just quick recap for that. All characters who use shotguns, um, they don't have a random spread rotation anymore. It's more or less going to be a set spread for the particles with a little bit of variance in between just to make it a little more shotgunny. Uh, Roadhog's damage is reduced a little bit just to make his um, hookshot combo not as oppressive. And for Torbjorn, they wanted to beef him up in close range, so they increased the damage of his secondary fire but reduced the, the speed of it. Uh, so that's that. And then the the most recent patch, which they put in the Tracer comic challenge. They changed a little bit of stuff to a workshop and they did a few of the, uh, a few bug patches to make things a little bit more stable and just increase quality of life of the game. Yeah. It's a lot more. They added the Tracer comic and the bug fixes are just very like quality of life changes. Um, there was a lot of like small bugs that they haven't gotten to. And this is just kind of like a cleanup list. So, um, I'm glad that they're at least getting around to it. Like there was one with Reinhardt that I hated the most where sometimes you would just put up your shield and your shield wouldn't be at the angle that you would want it to be at. And it's just like upwards at like a, at a weird angle. So your feet are exposed the entire time. And I'm like, my shield's clearly going forward. Like it doesn't need to, doesn't need to do this. And I would lose to shatter. Is it raining? I would time it. Is it raining Reinhardt? I, I, I don't know, man. Like, dude, like, he's aiming it up at the sky. He's trying to, like, Mary Poppins the whole thing all over again. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Like, you're not blocking, you're not blocking the rocket barrage. You're blocking a shatter. <laughs> I think the whole heaven and earth thing got Reinhardt very confused. Yeah, he's like, I gotta, do I gotta block the heaven now? Like, <laughs> I'm just a ground Ryan. I mean, Ryan is a ground character uh, for now. Um, but we'll see. Um, so on top of that, if you guys are so if you guys are playing the game, you might have seen this little uh, bit of news that they have at the front of their of the Overwatch launcher. At least on the uh, PC version of the game, there is a limited time deal going on for a legendary loot box. Um, it is four ninety nine USD, but what it has in this box it's gonna last uh from the 15th to the 28th so the same amount of time as the tracer um tracer event this loot box is 4.99 it comes with five regular loot boxes and one legendary loot box um so these are limited to one per account um but each of the legendary loot boxes comes with at least one guaranteed legendary item um, and may contain loot from other seasonal events. So it's like if you if you miss out on something and you want to take a shot at it, go for it. Um, and you know it can have anything in it from ranging from anything that you've missed in your inventory. So um, that's something that if you guys are a full collector of skins in the game and you're missing like a couple here and there, uh, this is the best way of going about it. I can't tell whether this is a good deal or not. I mean, I don't I don't spend money on Overwatch besides playing like 
uh, paying for the online aspect, but I don't, is, is this a good deal? I, I honestly don't think it is. It's more of a, I, I think if you missed out on a skin that like you desperately wanted, um, you can take the chance that this will work. But for me personally, most of the skins that I don't have is like, are like event skins. And I would hate to get like an event skin of a character that I don't even play. So I'm just going to wait on this. Like, I don't need to get it, but there's not a lot that I'm like, oh, okay, I desperately need this in order to make it work. Or, um, like, I've missed out on a certain event skin and I, I can't wait an entire year to get it. Um, but it is an interesting, like, concept that they're just like, oh, yeah, well, here we go. We're, here's $5. We'll get you a legendary box that could have anything from any season. Um, I don't know if this includes, um, like, the League-specific ones. Like, it would be interesting if it had, like, you know, Alien Zarya um, or, you know, the Thunder Doomfist or Zenyatta's, uh, the, the first MVP for Jonak one. Um, that might be interesting. That might be a reason to try to get it. But um, I don't think that that's going to be the case here. I don't think I don't feel like they would give league skins away for this. That's a, that's because they're like separate entities. Overwatch League and Overwatch are technically they're under the same client, but they're still very they're very separate. Yeah, and I think the skins are supposed to be like you know limited. It's supposed to be just for that time. Um, for example, I feel like the the biggest one if they announce it and it and it's actually true. Um, if the pink mercy is in this box, um, I feel like a lot of people would buy it, but at the same time, it, it kind of discounts everybody who had to pay yeah, the original $15 I, to get it. I would not put the pink mercy in here. Yeah. I, I think that that was just for a specific event and that that's all it is. So I hope that we don't, we don't have that there, but you never know. Anything else we want to talk about news-wise? Uh, news-wise, no. Just go out there and get your uh, get your wins. Get play play your games. Get your friends. Get your nine wins. Uh, you don't have to do it in one sitting. I I hope people understand that you can do it in multiple sessions. Um, like my friends and I, we tried to grind out and get like all of the wins last night. Uh, we ended up getting six. Um, so we were just like, okay, yeah, that's, that's plenty enough for me. Now we just go back the next day, win our next three or, or get a full group and just roll over all of them as much as we can and just go from there. I wouldn't um, recommend saving it till the last day though. I've done that and it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't do it on the last day. Cause everybody's trying to do it on the last day. Just, just get a couple, get a win, a win a day, uh, for the next, you know, 14 days and you'll be, you'll for sure have it by then. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into our news section. Uh, we will be back next week with more news. And please tune into this week's gameplay section where we're going to take a look at everything that happened on the final week of Elims for the Overwatch League. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will uh, we'll catch you next week.
Next week, we take a look at the latest Overwatch news while we wait for the league final. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.